so much for joining me tonight another episode and as always i'm grateful for your support and i'm grateful for all the shares that you guys continue to send off to people that you know that might need it this is very helpful and it's why i do it (laughs) so all right i wanted to kind of get started on today by talking about what's been happening in our world the thing is i just recently went to walmart and my experience at walmart is a little strange But again, (laughs) not shock or surprise, but a little strange. I was seeing the desperation in which we have demonstrated out of fear. And the interesting part is that I went to the Walmart and everything was wiped out. And I'm talking about everything. You guys, perishable goods were wiped out. I mean, I don't understand it. If it was, if it's my last day on earth, or I know I'm going to be stuck in a cave somewhere and I can't leave my home, I'm not taking perishable items with me. Not taking eggs, certainly not taking bread. All I'll be taking is a bunch of cans. That's what I'll be doing. But uh, we have some snazzy shoppers that took everything. <laughs> but to go along with taking everything, although that is, it has a humor to it. What was no longer humorous was our purchase of ammunition. Walmart and many other places where you can buy ammunition for guns, for weapons, have been wiped out. (laughs) Not funny. Not funny. And it got me thinking, why the fuck would I be buying a gun if I want to kill a virus? (laughs) Uh... Now, I'm going to hear other people tell me about this. Tala, we need those guns. You know, uh, we need them in case, right? And many people will blame how other people are not to be trusted. I get what you're saying. But what you're saying is not about other people. If you are buying guns and ammunition, what we're looking at is your intentions. It's not the intentions of other people. You're telling me what you think other people think and feel. But you're basing it from your frame of reference. That means you're the killer. If you're buying guns... What you're telling me, you are the one that is not to be trusted. That's what you're telling me when you buy a gun and you need to stock on ammunition. Listen, we're fighting a virus, but what we really don't know is that we're fighting fear. We're trying to survive fear, not an actual virus that's at the front of your doorstep. You're actually fighting the fear of that. But it's interesting how we act in desperation when we are afraid. We don't act in comfort and soothing. We want to buy guns to kill a fucking virus. Do you get the extent of where we've gone now? So, we have a choice in this country to purchase a gun and stock up an ammunition, or you have a choice in this country not to. Either way, I'm glad I live in a free country that can do both. In no way do I think one should be more important than the other, but this is the thing. We make choices. And now, I'm not looking to defend myself from a virus. You're telling me I need to defend myself from another person. (laughs) that's the threat that I'm really concerned with at this point, which is very fucking sad. What we need is compassion with one another, really true to life, compassion with one another. That's what we need to heal this. We don't need guns, more pain, more suffering. We need healing. No gun has ever done that. Now it takes me to fear. I've been 
ruminating over this topic for the past couple of days. And there's a few things that came to mind because fear is just an expansive topic. And so I want to make sure that I'm dealing with the ultimate fear that almost everybody is afraid of. And that is the fear of death. I wish I could tell you that I am the best informed person in this area to teach you. However, I brought some of my friends with me here today. And these are the quotes of our ancestors, people that have lived through this and have wisdom to share with us. They left it through their quotes. And sometimes we read their quotes and dismiss them, but they meant well. They meant to help others when they figured out how to live life well. And we're going to learn from them today. I need this more than you do. So if you happen to join me, <laughs> great. Then we're both here on it. And we're going to read these quotes and find out the clues that we need to find about how to live life and what people did with the understanding of death that made them live a peaceful life. Because listen, I could fear a virus or I can fear my next door neighbor who has a gun. <laughs> Either way, it's a fear of death. That's what you're telling me. And a fear of death is really a collection of fears in other areas as well. Fear of loss of people, fear of not being remembered, fear of being remembered, <laughs> any of the variations. But today, we're going to find out how people that lived pretty damn well did it and what they left behind to help us out in this phase of our life. Where before we would have looked at quotes or read them and thought, hey, this may not apply to me. Today, we're going to learn to live these quotes, friends, because we need it the most. It is during a time of crisis that our life gets reprioritized and what's important starts to be prioritized and is now brought forth. Wonderful. In a state of crisis, we can either become survivors and learn to upgrade emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or we can go down fucking hill and become desperate and primitive and savage-like. Sure, we can do either way. We can go either way. And I'm telling you, I'm so grateful that I have served in my country and know that I can do both. I've, I've served for that freedom and I want to make sure we're all free. But freedom does not start with force because anything with force will never be sustained. And we've seen this with history, friends. We've seen when dictators used force to create their own power. Great. Good for them. But eventually, it, that is exactly the burial ground the bed they lied in. They made it, they're going to lie in it. That's what we can learn from our past ancestors and their behaviors and what they felt was important. And so, please understand that if you perceive something as a threat, it will be. But not because it's a real threat, it's because you're perceiving it that way. In reality, when we understand death better and we understand the clues of the past, we can, in many ways, learn to live life not for death, but to understand the purpose of living this life and in you obsessing about living your best life, that's where the fun starts to happen. You ain't worried about death. You ain't worried about stuff you have no memories in or don't understand. So that's a good thing about not going into death. It is so unknown to us that we have no freaking clue what happens when we die. We can guess, but we don't know. And that fear keeps us misbehaving, keeps us doing the craziest shit out of fear. Not out of reality, but out of fear. So, we can either live in full-blown poverty and war zone within our brain, or we can live in peace. So, the chaos and what we perceive our world as is within our grasp. It is not dependent on what the situation around us needs to be, or what we expect it to be. But 
Now we want to have our peace unconditional. And this is when we need it the most. We don't need it when everything is going well and everything is coming out as expected. It's when the stuff that is coming out is producing fear is when we need to go in and soothe. That's when we really need it. So if you think about it, this current chaos we are all experiencing is a perfect timing to go within and get the upgrade we've been longing for, which is emotional stability in any time, whether there's actual chaos in front of us or our make-believe of it or fear of it, whatever you want to call it. So I hope that helped. First, place the suggestions I need to place about what your brain needs to be doing right the heck now. It is not to continue to feed fear. We have to make a decision of which wolf we decide to feed, and it is a choice, friends. It is either love and compassion or fear. You choose. Now, let's talk about what our ancestors, people that we have read about in school, maybe seen in textbooks or even bought their books, what they said, uh, quotes today that you may have disregarded before, we will start applying them. That's what we're going to start doing. We're going to start living to help us out right now, to help ourselves out and help the people that we love out. But fear ain't doing it. Okay? So the first thing I wanted to mention is by Giovanni Falcon. He says, he who doesn't fear death dies only once. Now, when I first read this quote, as I read many quotes, I'm like, what the hell is this guy saying about death? He who doesn't fear death dies only once. So the implication here is that if I live my whole life living for life, right? Enjoying the hell out of it. Then the only time I get to deal with death is when the time comes. That's it. And I don't know when that shit is coming. That's the good news. (laughs) So our attempt to get to know when we're going to die and work on preventing something, it's a false idea. It keeps us in misery and suffering. Our need to control our own outcome is a false idea, friends. Don't purchase it. Make sure that you're very precise in what you allow yourself to think about. We are not trying to control the world or anything outside of us. All we can do is control the climate within. So I like Giovanni Falcon's idea here. If he who doesn't fear death dies only once. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about how death is going to occur and what you think you can do or have not done enough to prevent it. The idea is at one point, you have to surrender that thought. There is a point and I think you know what that is. Because after that point, you start suffering. We call it worrying and need to control. Sometimes we have a name for it like anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. All those things are basically saying one thing is that we are suffering because we have a need to control, need to know the outcome need to know the uncertain and the unknown. Oh man, it is hell on earth. If there's such a thing, it would be there. So live on purpose, live every moment on purpose, and you'll never regret it. There will be no regrets. You would have lived your life every day being present to the fullest, holding your child's hand, reassuring your significant other when they lose their job, or when they think that their value only depends on what they perceive Uh, they were trying to protect to begin with. All those things are what we need to be present for, living each moment on purpose. And when I'm too busy out there living in the moment, enjoying every piece of sensory information, then more than likely I won't be worried about this concept of death that isn't even there. It ain't here. And we know that present will bring us peace. Going to the past is depressive. Going to future is anxious. So don't bother going to either place. Stay right the hell here. Enjoy what you're doing with a clean, quiet mind. This takes me to the next piece of advice from our friend here, Natalie Babbitt. And what she says, don't fear death. Fear a life unlived. You don't have to live forever. 
you just have to live. So what she's really saying, why you're too busy working on the details of keeping that life, right? Maintaining it. What you're doing is you're forgetting about living. You're too busy fearing death. That's a whole 24-hour job, people. You don't know this, but you're starting to. So let's prevent it if you're not there yet. And let's go ahead and give ourselves a chance. I don't got to live forever, but I got to live on purpose. Just don't bother with the details. The devil's definitely in the details in this case. Us sitting in our homes, trying to cure cancer, trying to come up with the outcome, what's going to happen. I'm going to control how I die and how I live. And your attempt to control something that's really not within your control, friends, is going to keep you missing the point of life. We don't need to keep joy forever. Experiences and emotions are meant to be temporary. The clue is within us. We know we can't keep a happy feeling forever, nor do we need to, because that would be called addiction. (laughs) And we don't need to keep sadness forever, because that would be called suicidal. And so we know we don't need to live in extremes. Somewhere in the middle is the clue that we're getting. What's in the middle for us here? If I'm not suicidal, and I'm not fully high on drugs to overproduce my serotonin, but not really feel happy, but feel happy, if you know what I mean, uh, somewhere in the middle is where we belong, people. Well, we do the best. Okay. Uh, Oh, here we go. The next quote is by Mitch Album. He says that death ends a life, not a relationship. I love that. I really love that one because I'm a fan of relationships and connection with people. And what he's really saying, which only supported by ancient literature, is that energy is neither created nor destroyed. And science supports that as well. And if I know that truth, I feel it on the inside of me, knowing damn well it's the truth. I don't got to argue it. Then what's really beautiful about that truth is that the people that we love, we don't actually lose. We spend our whole life living in suffering, trying to keep them, but we never had them to begin with. We don't lose anyone. We get to experience the people we experience, and that's about it. But the attempt to say that I'm going to keep this person, I'm going to do everything I can to keep this person, and sometimes we go too far. If we've ever experienced a loss of somebody that we love, understand that if energy is neither created nor destroyed, they've gone nowhere. They've just become a different form. That's it. Simple as that. We're overdoing it, trying to explain what we can't explain, but we know damn well that energy is neither created nor destroyed. Why the hell would I think that the physical body and whatever resides in it ends there? The physical body might end, for sure. I know that it decays, but I don't know what the heck happens on the inside of us that we all feel. So we know it's there. Don't deny its presence. It is there for a reason. It is there to remind you that you are beyond your body. You are beyond your physical self. Don't bother being certain and and figuring out how you're going to die. (laughs) it's just not, you're not built for that purpose. You're built to live. Make sure you enjoy the fuck out of life so this way you're not too busy dying. All right. Okay. (laughs) Tala, a little bit harsher. Maybe a little bit. Okay. (laughs) I like this one. This is a good one. Our friend, buddy, family, ancestor. Francis Bacon said, men fear death as children fear to go in the dark. And as that natural fear in children is increased with tales, so is the other. Oh boy, I will probably repeat that till death do me part. It is it is a, a great concept there, an elevated idea. What he's really saying is that we tell a lot of stories about death. We can hype it up. And we see this, obviously, 
in social media, in news, we talk about fear. And yeah, it'll keep the ratings pretty high. It'll keep me glued. It's not an accurate depiction of everyday life for me, but I'll still purchase it because it's fear. And our nature, chemically, is taught to recognize fear as a way to survive or self-preserve. But our conscious mind, our executive functioning, tells us that our primitive fear is not always the truth. It is a lie. So sometimes when I fear a tiger is really not coming at me, it could be fear of a test. It ain't a real fear. That's what the brain does. It's able to consciously become aware of the subconscious fears. And when we think about the tales we tell about death and the stories we tell how we're going to suffer and we're going to die, I tell you how you're going to do it. You purchase it. You're sitting there glued to the TV, not being very mm, picky about what you invite into your mind. Then what you're going to get is whatever you're going to get. You're letting the media feed you rather than you picking and choosing what you want to eat. It's good to be precautious. It's wonderful. I get it. We're not trying to cheat death here. <laughs> it's not It's not what we're doing. We're trying to live. And we want to live in the moment and enjoy each moment. Because listen, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to regret anything. And when I spend time with the people that I love and I enjoy it, I'm not cluttered in my brain about what could happen. What if this? What if that? I'm not cluttered in there. I'm enjoying the hell out of playing with Play-Doh with my son. We're making star shapes and shit. I love it. I love it. That tells me this is more important. See how beautiful crisis helps us reprioritize our life? Now, playing with Play-Doh, cleaning up that mess with my son becomes priority today. It ain't trying to make money. It ain't trying to go get some stuff that I need. Gotta go get my cars, you know, fixed up. Gotta go buy my guns. Gotta go store all the foods I can find that I don't know where I'm going to keep. Because apparently I need six cases of eggs. Beautiful. This is exactly what we're, what we're coming up with here. This is the genius fear comes up with. It is irrational. We're not ready for nothing. All we're doing is creating fear right now. It's not at your front doorstep yet. It's not a death sentence. But every time we think about this virus and about the fear associated with it, the loss, all we're thinking about the stuff that we can't control. Really, we can't. We can't know what is unknown to us. We can only know what is being revealed. So trying to make your own plans, your own blueprint or how, how, on how you're going to prevent this zombie apocalypse, just don't bother. <laughs> just keep yourself in a safe place emotionally and mentally. That is what you are asked to do right now, to self-soothe. This is where you need you the most right now. Don't give up on you now. You need love and you need compassion in this moment because fear is there. But it ain't a real fear. Fear is a liar many times. And when I know that truth, drip drop, grain of salt, that's how I handle information about fear. If you tell me your fear, you're not telling me about mine. You're telling me about yours. So keep that in perspective, friends. You never get lost or confused about your fears and how real they are. Okay. The next is actually pretty, it's, it's, I gotta say they're all my favorites, but this one is really my favorite. You'll know why. Because it is coming from our GOT, Game of Thrones source here. And it is a really important, insightful thing that is, it might have been said as part of the character they're building in the Game of Thrones for this character, but it really means a lot overall. It's truly a supported wisdom. We feel it to be true 
but we don't know why. That's why there's catchy lines everywhere. We know that there's a truth to them, even if it's just a little bit. This one here, I think there's a lot of truth to it. It's, it's really supported not just by philosophy, theories, but it's also supported by science. And that is <laughs> when Syria Pharrell was teaching his student, which happens to be one of the biggest characters in the whole story, which is Arya. Now, Arya is a female and she's a child during that time. So this is what he tells her. He says, there's only one God and his name is death. And there's only one thing we say to death, not today. <laughs> I love this. It's, it's pretty cool that I had a coworker remind me of that. We always quote Game of Thrones, everything, <laughs> all day. So imagine like most people with the, what they feel about when it comes to football games and when their football team wins and football season. When it came to Game of Thrones season, at my workplace, it was like football. We talked about it. It was, you know, draft picking for it, and it was all day long. And I like having those memories. I really like this. What do we say to death? Not today. And when we talk about our will to live, it's really what is meant by that statement. Do you have a will to live or do you already perceive yourself dead? If you are living just to die, the clue is you ain't doing it right. You don't have a will to live, at which point you will give up quickly. Now, we can have false ideas of control and attempt to not feel the helplessness, but surviving isn't about feeling the fear. It's about moving beyond it and doing well with it. That's what it's about. The courage to go beyond it. So when we say to death, not today, what we're really saying psychologically is that I have to bless my thoughts and realize that my thoughts become my best friends just as equally they can become my worst enemy. I've seen it. You've seen it. You just don't know you were looking at it. Our thoughts can sometimes deteriorate us. We know this is depressive. We've seen this person that doesn't want to get up out of bed. It's not because they can't. It's because they're debilitated by their thoughts. They're debilitated by their feelings and fear and disappointments and they live in it. Changing it requires courage, friends. Being helpless and living in the helpless takes no courage. Pretty damn easy. If we think about before we go into surgery, a lot of times the doctors are checking, the ones that are performing the procedure on you, the surgery on you, they're checking to see your will to live. There's a reason why they're doing that. They want to know that you have on the inside the ability to recover. That they know that their job is only halfway done because the rest of recovery is up to you. If you don't perceive yourself recovering well or you think everything is getting worse and not better, that's exactly what your body is going to do. It's going to make it worse and not better. That's how powerful your brain is. A doctor could want recovery for you. He can do the best procedure ever, but it's you that helps yourself recover. And if your mental state is no good and you've already sentence yourself to death before dying. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The chemistry is not going to help you regenerate your body. It's not going to help you heal. So while we're getting all stressed and anxious, you're really making your immune system basically weaker. Your mind state is weaker. All of it works together. Your body and your mind is connected. And more than likely, the day that you actually need yourself to heal. Unfortunately, if you don't have a good inside ability to be compassionate to yourself or loving to yourself, nurturing to yourself, then more than likely, your likeliness of surviving something is going to be a lot lower. So let's not resist the thoughts of death. We need to understand how to talk to death and what we need to tell it. 
not today. So this is the act of a survivor, a fighter within. We do the best we can on our end, but we help ourselves and help the cause when we are not stressed, when we're relaxed, and we're in acceptance and peace within is generated. We are doing the best thing we could do to confront any disease that might come at you. Again, your likeliness to survive something is very much based on your will to do so. So, talk to death. Tell it not today. I'm too busy living. Finally, (laughs) our last quote is a good way to end this wonderful conversation we're having here. Dante Algieri says, Do not be afraid. Our fate cannot be taken from us. It is a gift. Now, this one here took me a few times to read because I am like, what the hell does this mean? But when I looked at it a little closer, it makes beautiful sense. It is saying that, do not be afraid of your fate. So basically, don't try to overthink what you think is going to happen to you. And you're not entitled to knowing the outcome. You were gifted this beautiful thing called life. You trying to unappreciate it by needing to know every nook and cranny of it and what the outcome is going to be of your life and try to keep it. What is going to end up happening there is really going against what nature is. We are gifted with this idea, this thing called life. And knowing that keeps you humble, keeps you knowing when to stop your search for your need to know and need to make things happen. Oh man, understanding that it was a gift. We don't argue about a gift. We don't say we want it this way. (laughs) We simply accept that it's a gift. Imagine receiving a gift from someone and arguing with them because you're like, it's this gift should have been blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just showing how, oh man, how immature we might be about (laughs) our gift receiving skills. So please do not argue your gift. Your fate is already done. You have no control over that. All you're there to do is to enjoy the hell out of this thing called life. Experience it. Live it in the moment, which means you're living it, period. You'll never regret a day. You'll never regret a day and think you didn't have enough. I would think, however, I didn't get enough if I missed out on this moment and every moment that comes right after. So I don't want to miss out on anything by keeping my mind elsewhere where I cannot control. I want to really appreciate what's in front of me today. That's what means the most to me. And all our attempts at keeping control or trying to keep this thing called life, we're going to do some funny things to Walmart and its ammunition. (laughs) And we don't want to go there. I love you guys so much. I hope this helps ease and soothe you and realize that you are the source of relief. You and whatever you believe in on the inside is a source of relief. Most certainly fear is not, especially right now. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode. I'm sending you love, light, and the knowing that if you carry the light within, you'll never be afraid of the dark. This has been an episode of Drive Through.